has reached epidemic proportions in America. I'm Dr. Paul Christo. This is Aches and Gains. Dr. Paul Christo is one of America's leading experts on relieving pain. He's board-certified, Harvard-trained, and a pain medicine specialist at Johns Hopkins. U.S. News and World Report ranks him as a top doctor and among the top 1% in the nation for pain management. Becker's Review selected him as one of the 70 best pain management physicians in America. He's listed as a super doctor for the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Northern Virginia area. Aches and Gains is a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. The human impact is real. Older adults, children, and even infants struggle to cope with pain. But there's hope, and there are treatments that can ease pain and suffering. The show offers compelling stories about people who found relief. We share cutting-edge treatments from contributing experts, and we offer ways to help people cope with their pain. Welcome to the show. Do we live to eat or eat to live? Can food really provide us with comfort, or do we just think we can find comfort in food? Are there particular foods that can actually alleviate painful conditions? Can certain foods, like those comfort foods, ease our emotional pain? A lot of questions come to mind as we define the role that food plays in our lives. Our guest is Lisa DeFazio, healthy lifestyle expert, nutritionist, and TV host. She's a certified registered dietitian with a master's degree in nutritional science. She's worked for Kaiser Permanente as a nutritional health educator and as a dietitian for physicians. Lisa's going to explore these topics and help us regain control of our appetite and nutrition when pain threatens to change them. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, Purdue Pharma, Teva Pharmaceuticals, Millennium Laboratories, My Life Patient Program, and DC2 Healthcare, Atlantis Health Group, The Pain Community, and DepoMed Incorporated. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. Lisa DeFazio lives in Hollywood and has become the go-to expert on diet and lifestyle for many media outlets. In fact, she's the expert for Redbook, U.S. Weekly, and Paris Hilton's websites. Lisa's also been featured as an on-air expert for ABC, CBS, and Fox, just to name a few. Lisa, welcome to Aches and Gains. Thank you so much. You live and work in Hollywood and know how the stars stay in shape and look so good. How do they use nutrition to do this? As the old saying goes, what you put in is what's going to come out and what's going to show. And it really is all about connecting the physical and mental well-being and how we look to what we eat. Mm -hmm. And so... Celebrities, you know, they're strict. Yeah. I mean, they are eating the right things and working out and doing what they need to do because it's part of their job. Sure. So they're pressured to do it. You mentioned that we all have a star hidden in us. What do you mean? Yes, I always say you don't have to be a celebrity to look like one. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of my motto. Um, you know, I was born and raised in, in Hollywood, yeah. in the Hollywood Hills, actually. And um, you know, living out here, you really see behind the scenes what goes on. And I mean, many of us, if we had the money and the glam squad behind us, of the trainers, nutritionists, hair and makeup, we would all look like a celebrity. Absolutely. But most of us don't. So we have to learn how to take care of ourselves, especially nutritionally. Lisa, I know you're writing a book and developing a TV show. Tell us about them. I'm kind of working on some reality show ideas mm -hmm. because that's typically right now where the trend is is headed. Okay. We're pitching a few things, and in Hollywood, you have to kind of go along with what producers want. Right. It's, uh, a little bit of drama and uh, whatever's going to get viewers. Sure, and good luck with that. 
Let me switch for a second. And let's talk about food and our emotions. So for example, how does food help us to regain control over our lives when we've experienced a severe emotional loss? Well, sometimes it can lead to being out of control. Mm-hmm. We think it's helping us gain control because in going through a loss or uh, difficult times in our life, a lot of people use food like a drug. Right. Some people smoke, some people drink, some people eat. Unfortunately, with emotions, sometimes the wrong food choices end up happening. Well, I think during this show, you'll help us choose some of the right foods that will help us regain control. Elisa, what is it in processed foods, like chocolate and sweet desserts, for example, that can lead to inflammation? It's going to be the sugars, the processed refined grains. You know, many people as we hear these days, are gluten-sensitive and Mm -hmm. have gluten allergies and don't realize it. Right. So all those processed grains and flours and the donuts and the baked goods and the cookies, Mm -hmm. of course, is going to have your immune system going crazy and and contributing to inflammation. Some French fries, donuts are fried, and these, of course, are going to contribute to uh, increasing that cholesterol and also inflammation. In time of stress, unfortunately, that's what many people reach for. It's true. And and we know that pain causes a huge amount of stress and can lead to overeating and eating these foods that you're talking about. We also know that that obesity leads to inflammation through the production of molecules called cytokines. And inflammation leads to pain and specifically arthritic pain. Lisa, what's the impact of fried foods, that is, you know, fried meats or even vegetables, on pain and inflammation? You know, you don't want to be using corn oil. Um, You know, the best things to be using are going to be things like some olive oil, maybe some canola oil, grapeseed oil. These sort of uh, different types of oils are going to be um, probably a little bit better, but it's going to really be the omega-3 um, fats that mm-hmm. are critical. Right. And um, we'll talk about that, you know, with the uh, healthy fats. And not, you know, don't have half a pot of oil and throw your food in there. <laughs> right. Um, you know, if you're doing it at home, a, a teaspoon or a tablespoon will still give you that crispy coating that you want without just drenching your food. Sure, that makes complete sense. You know, uh, Lisa, I have patients who feel like pain causes them to binge eat. I mean, they they tell me that they feel like they could eat everything in sight. What's so destructive about binge eating and how can we combat it? Well, there are a lot of things that, of course, can contribute. I think uh, first is is kind of trying your best to step back um, the next day because you're not going to be thinking straight if it's already happened. Right. You know, what were you going through? Did you have a bad day at work? Did you argue with a spouse or a family member? Did your kids set you off? Mm-hmm. There's typically a trigger. It could be simply time of the month, and you may <laughs> not understand this, but for women, I don't know what the heck happens, but you know, during that week before and the, and the PMS cravings, it's just women get ravenous. Yeah. Actually, physiologically, as, as you probably know, we, we do have a higher need for a certain amount of calories, and mm-hmm. you know, why all of a sudden am I craving a cheeseburger? Well, but my body needs the extra iron and protein, whereas right. typically in the month I don't, you yeah. know, but it's, I can't get it off my mind. So some of it's psychological, some of it's physiological. My rule of thumb, even in my own house, is not to have those binge foods, trigger foods in the house. Mm-hmm. I buy my son cookies and junk. I give him a little bit of junk, I admit. <laughs> I get him stuff that I don't like. So I don't get my favorite Doritos that I love. 
I get him things that I don't like that I know he likes. Yeah. And also make sure you're just um, monitoring how you're feeling and your emotions. Yeah, I think the monitoring of emotions and how you're feeling is key. Lisa, we don't always think about it, but, but weight loss is something that's, that many of us are concerned about. At what point should we become concerned about losing weight, and what's the best way to use nutrition to do so? Obviously, your doctor at some point at your checkups will let you know that you probably need to lose some weight. Mm-hmm. It may not always be the case. Certainly, thin people are struggling with uh, pain as well. Sure. Um, but, you know, that 10, 20, 30, 50 pounds is putting a lot of strain on your overall body. Yeah. Whether it's your joints, certainly to carry it around. And I usually um, demonstrate it to my patients by saying, you know, imagine if you were just carrying around fit 22, 25 pound dumbbells and walking around in your daily life trying to do everything. I mean, of course, you're going to be huffing and puffing, getting mm-hmm. out of the car. And so that all that weight on your body is just taking its toll. So the weight obviously is going to be important to, to get off and our moods. I mean, certainly someone is going to have a lot more energy and be in a lot better mood because they're going to be participating in life more. Right. So it's, it really takes a toll, not only physically, but just on your overall life. And 10 or 15 pounds can make the difference. I'm not expecting everybody to be, you know, size two like the celebrities. Right. But right. nutrition, of course, is key. And, and cutting back on calories and even seeing a, a dietitian, um, you know, even a one-time thing to get a meal plan going. Yeah, that's a great suggestion. I do recommend to many of my patients that they see a dietitian, and a dietitian is extremely helpful in providing meal plans and nutritional guidance for losing weight and maintaining a healthy diet. Yes. Lisa DeFazio gives us tips for losing weight when we come back from the break. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and this is Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, the global leader in medical technology alleviating pain, restoring health, and extending life for millions of people around the world. Teva, the leading global pharmaceutical company, committed to increasing access to high-quality health care by developing, producing, and marketing affordable generic medicines, as well as innovative and specialty pharmaceuticals. Millennium Laboratories, a leader in the science of toxicology and pharmacogenetics, is transforming the way healthcare professionals monitor and manage their patients' medication therapy. Through the use of advanced technology supported by research and education, Millennium helps practitioners personalize care for patients. For more information, please visit www.millenniumlabs.com. My Life Patient Program and DC2 Healthcare. Connecting patients to top physicians in the United States, reaching the highest standard of patient care through research patient programs and gains in overall health. For more information, please visit mylifepatientproject.com and dc2healthcare.com. Welcome back. We're speaking with Lisa DeFazio, nutritionist, healthy lifestyle expert, and TV host. Lisa, many of my patients with chronic pain end up gaining weight. I mean, they often tell me, gosh, you know, Dr. Christo, uh, you know, I can't really move anymore. I can't play tennis. I can't swim anymore. I can't work out like I used to because of the pain. And their dietary habits change as a result. What are some suggestions for losing those pounds? You know, certainly stocking up as much as you can, you know, once a week to go to the market. And now if you can't, if it's difficult to even drive or pain to walk around the market, you know, ask if you have a child, an adult child or uh, a neighbor. There are even these, you know, grocery stores are delivering to the home now. You can order it online Mm -hmm. and they deliver it. I'm not expecting people to cook these full-on meals, 
But, you know, ways, if you are making a batch of something, you know, if you're putting some chicken breasts in the oven, put six of them in there. Mm -hmm. And I love the microwave steam bag veggies. In five minutes, you can have some broccoli and some cauliflower. And frozen veggies are great. You know, your favorite fruits. I think the key is really just having this stuff in the house. There are some, you know, healthier fast food choices as well. You know, whether it's the um, sub subtype places and salads at some of the fast food places, a lot of places offer wraps. Yeah, I, I think, again, it's just getting your house stocked with some good things so you can just grab them and go. Mm-hmm. And tell us more. I mean, give us more specific foods that are nutritious that can help us maintain a healthy lifestyle and lose some weight because I think a lot of my patients really don't have an awareness or knowledge of which foods they should be eating. There are a lot of frozen, ready-to-cook um, fish fillets and chicken fillets. And, you know, you got to watch the sodium, but it's still going to be better than having a fast food meal, and there are a lot of low-sodium items. Mm -hmm. And like I said, frozen vegetables. So the more ready to go and prepared it is, that is the number one thing. And also even for some starches, you know, make a pot of rice and and keep, keep it in Tupperware. So once a week you can cook. Yeah, I think great suggestions. Our discussion about gaining weight and and weight loss is important because we feel now that obesity leads to inflammation through the production of molecules called cytokines. And inflammation in turn leads to pain and specifically arthritic pain. And Lisa, which foods that lead to inflammation do you recommend that we avoid? A rule of thumb generally is to just try to eat foods to as close to its natural state as possible. Mm -hmm. And things that are boxed and packaged are going to have a multitude of these things. Um, You know, we did talk about the trans fats, dairy. So there, you know, there's a lot of controversy with dairy and um, and what to do about it. Most people, and I read a statistic that as many as 60% of the world's population cannot digest milk, which I found very interesting. Um, And and many times we're drinking it and we're not in tune with our body, so Mm -hmm. we might be bloated and not think anything of it. Yeah. Um, but that also can contribute to inflammatory responses and stomach distress and even um, breaking out. I know for me, after I had my son, um, I, I really couldn't, I don't do dairy anymore. I mean, it just wreaks havoc on the body. Um, the type of meat that you're purchasing, you know, to try to go with um, things that are not as processed, uh, with the processed meats, with all the processing and the sodiums and um, the things that they add to it to preserve it. Uh, that's also really important to avoid. But with respect to dairy, what is your recommendation about yogurt? The yogurt, of course, is going to have some really good probiotics and um, helpful uh, enzymes for digestion. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and most people still can tolerate uh, yogurt, even though they might be dairy intolerant. I I, I don't know if I'd say go off dairy. I would say... You know, it depends how much you consume. A little bit in your uh, morning uh, cereal might be okay. okay. But really pay attention to your body. Maybe experience, experiment with almond milk just to see. But yogurt and Greek yogurt um, is very important. For many people, can be helpful with the uh, probiotics. Okay. You know, Lisa, I've heard uh, some recommend to decrease inflammation, that we eliminate fried foods and animal foods and replace them with plant-based foods and fish, for example. Does that resonate with you? To an extent. You know, my my philosophy is that I truly don't feel there's one diet recommendation for everyone. Okay. Um, and that's that's something that I, I don't know that everyone can become a vegetarian and, and a vegan. And I don't push that. 
I don't push that on people. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely a good idea to take, um, give your body a break. You know, protein can be hard on the body, animal protein. I would definitely say to do a couple of vegetarian days. It doesn't hurt. Um, the plant foods, of course, are going to have a lot of beneficial antioxidants and a lot of things that also can increase those good hormones in the body. Mm-hmm. So getting protein from nuts and um, beans a couple days a week. Uh, and I do find people saying, especially these teenage girls these days, because it's cool to do it, mm-hmm. I want to be a vegetarian, and they're just eating starch, and then they end up with more problems than, than to begin with. No, exactly. Uh, Lisa, are there particular foods that we should consume to reduce pain? Definitely. Salmon is just really going to have that really good omega-3 healthy fat that's great for the body. It's an excellent source of protein. Um, so I would definitely say the salmon is going to be really helpful. Well, spinach, uh, kale is so huge right now. I think it's kind of um, overkill. I'm, I'm getting kind of burnt out on kale. But <laughs> uh, however, you know, people rave about it. Spinach, you know, dark leafy greens um, are also going to have some good uh, vitamin K and um, a lot of other uh, beneficial components that are going to help with pain and inflammation. And what about coffee? Now, coffee is something that, you know, as you know, the research changes every day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it, it can actually help, the caffeine can actually help with some headaches. Right. You know, I wouldn't load up on it, but it is something that, that people, um, you know, I, I don't know. Personally, I have coffee in the morning. I think still people can get away with it. Grapes. Uh, grapes have resveratrol, mm-hmm. which is also helpful for the body. Flax, cherries, and berries. You know, it, it does come down to the fruits and veggies, and uh, salmon would be number one on my protein list. Yeah, great recommendations. When we come back from the break, we'll talk to Lisa about a diet plan. That is, how much of each one of these healthy anti-inflammatory foods should we consume? I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by The Pain Community a web-based nonprofit created by people living with pain. Check out paincommunity.org for information, references, advocacy tools, and a premium section to securely interact with other members in forums and chat rooms. DepoMed Incorporated, a specialty pharmaceutical company focused on developing and commercializing products to treat pain and other central nervous system conditions. Purdue Pharma, making a positive impact on healthcare and on lives. Reminding everyone to safeguard medications in their home. Atlantis Health Group. Atlantis is a comprehensive multi-specialty physician group committed to enhancing the quality and process of healthcare delivery across the country. Visit AtlantisHG.com. For cutting-edge treatments and resources, follow Dr. Paul Christo on Twitter or like Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo on Facebook. Welcome back. Lisa, we've talked about consuming a lot of anti-inflammatory foods, uh, things like uh, salmon, uh, greens, for example, spinach and kale, and dark berries and cherries, all for a, a good anti-inflammatory effect that can help reduce pain. But how much of these foods should we consume? Certainly salmon, and again, with all the conflicting information out there, right? They say, you know, don't eat fish seven days a week. Right. Uh, yeah, I would say three days a week would be great. Um, every day, do your best to get your uh, fruits and vegetables. I'd say, you know, three vegetables, two fruits. I mean, most people, uh, not even uh, me, uh, can't get that in uh, seven days a week. But do the best you can. If you have three fruits, great. Don't worry about it. Um, You don't have to measure and weigh your fruits and vegetables. Don't worry about those. Um, I I would say red meat once a week. Okay. You know, 
if you wanted to, and and then two vegetarian days where you'll do um, beans for your protein. If if you get really uh, courageous, you can do some tofu. Um, or uh, again, doing like a veggie, uh, enchilada and veggie Mexican casserole, something like that. Um, pasta with a, a red sauce and a big salad. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I think something like that would be great. And as often as you can for your starch, choose like sweet potatoes, brown rice, um, and and try to uh, eliminate the the white processed white bread, white rolls, that kind of stuff. Okay, you know I'm intrigued with this link between chronic pain and depression. Some studies show that patients display depressive symptoms when they eat foods that cause inflammation. You know, as a dietitian and a nutritionist, have you noticed this link between eating foods that cause inflammation and depression? Certainly, it's it's going to contribute, and you know. We often don't think of um, food contributing to our moods, typically. I mean, people that read up on nutrition, we know that, but we think of moods and depression. We associate that with life circumstances. Yeah. Something traumatic happens. Right. So, yes, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, there are actually things that you can eat to help your moods and um, things like that increase the happy uh, hormones and, and dopamine and serotonin mm -hmm. to actually give you a sense of calmness and well-being. So, yes, um, definitely avoiding a lot of these processed foods and what have you would be great, but there are foods that you also can include that will help with your mood. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about those foods next, because we have other studies that show that chronic mental stress leads to heightened inflammation. And even more recent evidence uh, reveals that stress activates the defense system. Yes. And the defense system, once activated, triggers various other systems in the body. Like, for example, the nervous system, which uses our motor system, if you will, to run away, to escape a danger. Uh, the endocrine system, which is that stress response, the fight or flight response. And the immune system, which sets up an inflammatory response to protect against the threat. So having pain all the time acts as a stressor that triggers the defense response. So are there foods, Lisa, that can promote stress relief? Definitely. Um, as I mentioned, there, there are two chemicals that our body produce, and one is dopamine and one is serotonin. Mm -hmm. These are sort of the happy hormones. You right. can imagine after somebody wins the lottery, mm -hmm. that feeling that you have, this overwhelming happiness, it's like your body is giving off <laughs> dopamine <laughs> or someone when they have a cigarette. Because for someone who's addicted, you know, it's pleasurable. And mm -hmm. having those sort of sensations can come along with foods. Nuts, you know, those can actually be an excellent source on your vegetarian days mm -hmm. of your protein. It has the healthy fats and also will help produce dopamine in the body. The berries are actually um, also very important. And protein. So we talked about fish, chicken, turkey, eggs. Eggs are an excellent source of protein and also is going to help for dopamine uh, production. So eggs are going to be really good. And then also for serotonin, which is another uh, happy hormone that um, the body will end up producing. And uh, turkey and animal proteins, just like eggs, will help contribute to that. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of useful information about foods rich in dopamine and serotonin. Unfortunately, we're out of time. This has been an excellent discussion that we'd like to continue in part two. So join us for part two with Lisa when we talk about 
other foods that have mood-elevating effects, vitamins that can help fight pain, probiotics that can be used as mood elevators, and finally, if you have pain, a diet specifically designed for you. Lisa, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on Aches and Gains. Thank you. Thank you so much. The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo and do not necessarily express the views of this radio station and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Aches and Gains is produced by Tom Blair and Ty Ford. Elsa Langford is the technical consultant and engineer. Dr. Paul Christo is the executive producer. Thanks for listening. This is Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo.